As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Sift Pop. It is the Sift Spoil. We're going to take a uh, a look at Maze Runner, The Death Cure, without worrying about spoiling you now. So if you haven't seen the movie, please go away. Uh, the reasons are, number one, we don't want you spoiled for the movie. Number two, it's not like we're going to go in order anyway, so you may be a little bit confused about what we're talking about. We're going to assume that you have seen the movie now, so we're not going to worry about kind of clearing those kind of things up. So, Curious Low, what are some of the specific things in the uh, the Maze Runner sequel that you wanted to talk about or wanted to chat about, some of the things that stood out to you? I sort of alluded to it uh, when we were talking, but I loved Newt's, just like his descent into sickness and yeah. like how they subtly started to show it before the rest of the characters knew. Yeah. Um, Cause I even think there's a, there's a moment and I noticed that he was like doing up his boot and he just kind of like kind of clenched and unclenched his fist. Yep. Like his, like his hand was sore and it was before we saw that he had the veins on his arm or anything. So they, they planted that seed early on to then pay off later when we see him freak out at Thomas and then show him the thing and he starts getting sicker and sicker and he has the black stuff coming out and him just him wanting to die, which is a, kind of a, a zombie movie trope. But <laughs> I just I, I loved that whole through line of that movie. I think it was something that they did a really good job at, and I just needed to to say that in the spoiler section. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, you know the disease is interesting, and the way it's handled with him, I think is is really well done. You know, the movie is sets up an, uh, a thing with him where Thomas is you know he's put in a a quandary because he realizes he could have saved him. Because apparently everything comes down to his blood, which again is is the ridiculous pl- plot point that kind of bothered me at the end. Was is like, you know, what do you mean it comes down to his blood? You just take his blood, and all of a sudden you have a cure. Like, there's things you have to do. I know she was like sciencing stuff in the lab, but it's it was just it was. She made it blue. You take his blood and right. you turn it blue, that's and right. then it works. That's exactly right. Um, so it, you know, as silly as I thought that was, it did make for a really interesting moment for him to lose because newt does die and that's one of those you know risk Mm -hmm. risk taking things that i do love about this series is in most movies you think well newt's not going to die he's going to they're going to get the you know um the uh, antidote to him in time or whatever you're going to drag him back and you know he's going to use his blood to make an antidote and they're going to save him and no, he he goes and so then thomas is left with this idea of what if i had been working with Teresa? 
instead of, you know, so against her and what they were doing. And I think that's a really compelling, interesting thing to think about because, yes, this corporation is doing awful things, you know, by trapping these kids and putting, you know, torturing them basically so that they can get this serum, serum or whatever. But at the same time, you know, there's a greater good element to think about if you're, you know, Thomas and they're saying that you are the key and, you, you know, you're running away and destroying them. And so I, I don't know. I found that interesting to think about morally, ethically. Yeah, yeah. And I mentioned this also during the main episode, but it it was a much better explanation that we had got in the first two movies as to why people would think that this is a necessary evil to, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few type of a thing. Um, and as reprehensible as it is to torture children, you know, these, these few kids could save the entire population. But then at a certain point you start to think like, you know, survival of the fittest is this just what the human race needs to do to survive and move on is that these people that aren't immune are going to die out. And the people that, are immune are going to live on and obviously that doesn't translate very well to our world because of course i would be like yes get the vaccines like let's let's save <laughs> right. people type no, of a thing sure. yeah, yeah. but you know in a heightened sci-fi world it's sort of like is it their fault that they were born you know with this this gene that lets them be safe from this virus like why why is it their responsibility suddenly to to save everyone yeah it's uh it's <clears throat> It's definitely something that that I enjoyed thinking about and kind of thinking about the ins and outs of the you know the ethics of it and and all that kind of stuff. Um, what did you feel about? How did you feel about Teresa's death? You know, at the end, as she's you know on the the roof and throws him on the uh, you know the ship and then and that kind of stuff and then perishes in the he- building. I mean, we didn't see a body. If TV shows have taught me anything, she could still be alive. Oh, come um, on. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that uh, liter- literarily, that's not a word, uh-huh. but it, it makes sense in the in her arc that, you know, she would end up having to sacrifice herself to save her friend. I think it was a very logical conclusion for her character. I didn't love visually how it happened i thought it looked a little silly with her like falling and you could see her for much longer than i would have liked um it like lingered a little bit but Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a nitpick it really wasn't that big of a deal but i did when it happened because i wasn't sure i was like oh is she gonna make it like this could be one of those like oh the, the footing comes out from under her and then she grabs thomas's hand type of a thing right or it could go this way that she dies so i was sort of because i never read the whole series i didn't actually read the last book so i wasn't sure what was going to happen in this in this movie but yeah i i I wasn't really sure how that was gonna go and i didn't i I liked that it happened i didn't love how visually it happened if that makes sense (laughs) yeah for sure the only other thing that i think i've i kind of alluded to in the podcast proper was that there's a character that does come back from the dead um oh yeah which is uh, uh will poulter's character i forget the name of the the character uh, galley, I think. Is that what it was? Um, I think so. So, you know, it was, I have mixed feelings about that character because I really in enjoyed the performance. Um, but it does feel like a really big cheat, you know, to kind of bring him back to have this kind of redemption, uh, in this movie. 
Um, so I just kind of. Can kept... I tell you what I thought was going to happen no. with him coming back? Yeah, tell me. So in the first movie, the way that he we think he dies is that he gets stabbed in the chest. So when Newt stabbed himself in the chest, I was like, oh, snap, like they brought Gally back and like he somebody that he's with, like knows how to heal that sort of wound. And they're going to like they're going to get the cure and they're going to give it to Newt and then they're going to be able to heal his chest wound and it'll all be okay. Because I really liked Newt and I didn't like that he had just died. And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) this didn't happen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) I didn't even think about that Um, as as a pretty decent stabbing. That they left him with. I I mean, he had like a spear through him, didn't he? Like that's, I know. That's quite a survival, uh, you know, to survive having, being shish kebobbed. Um, it's not necessarily something people usually survive, but, you know, nicely done. I mean, but they also had that unexplained character who like half had the virus with like the, like mushrooms growing out of his head and stuff <laughs> that's that true it just really yeah. didn't explain so clearly there's some medical marvels happening in this universe yeah they didn't explain a lot of that stuff that was interesting that the the other thing about the end is they're taking down this city as you know thomas and his friends are trying to escape and this this rebellion is destroying this city where did they get all that firepower like they right? they are like i mean they are blowing up every single building in this city. Like it's, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. I, especially because like we see earlier in the movie that they don't have the means to even like shield themselves when they're getting shot at by like, right. It doesn't appear to be that bad of firepower. I mean, they were huge guns, but it was like, it looked like a firework and then there'd be like some dirt in the air. Like it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like they were like mushroom clouding, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that were out there that, they couldn't even think up shielding for that situation, but then they like kamikaze to like a suicide I mean, bomb were, almost to get through. <laughs> they were taking down giant skyscrapers like demolition style. Like it was, yeah, it was. I I was like, how in the world are they doing all that stuff? Um, I but, think some of it was that they commandeered some of the as they overrun the like police people. They were like commandeering because I did notice that they had like a big like missile launcher that looked like the ones that were up on the wall, but they didn't show them getting it. Like maybe that was a scene that they shot, but they were like, we can't make this movie three hours. We have to cut the getting the gun sequence, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, two of the big action scenes involve hooking large things up to other things and <laughs> carrying them away. Uh, you've got the opening scene with, you know, the, the big ship uh, hooking up the train car to hopefully rescue their friend who wasn't in that one unfortunately um and then i know and then the end you've got uh you know them hooking the the bus to the crane to lift it over the wall uh i thought the first action scene was by far the best action scene in the movie in my opinion i loved the the um i love the order that things happened i love way the way things happened i love the plan um, I, I found that really exciting and really fun. Did you like the action in the movie? Yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job of it. None of it was like mind blowing, but it was good, I, which is basically my feeling for this entire movie. Nothing yeah, was right. mind blowing, but it was good. <laughs> um, the other thing that's, I guess the, you know, one of the twists or part of the plot is that the disease is now airborne. So that's the reason they have to, you know, figure things out at an even higher rate, that kind of stuff, because now you don't actually have to have contact with, you know, these zombies you can actually just catch it in the air. Um, so I, you know, I found that interesting. 
a different yeah they can't just hide behind their walls forever there's a there's a little bit of yeah time bombiness yeah exactly but other than that i really can't think of any other spoilers that i really wanted to discuss too much was there anything else for you uh i just the actor that played minho he's also in unbreakable kimmy schmidt and every time that i've watched these movies since that show came out it like weirds me out because his character is so ridiculous on that show (laughs) to then have him be like a a pretty just just a normal guy (laughs) like his his character isn't there's nothing like necessarily crazy or like overly special about him in this movie and then i don't know it it messes with my mind i have a lot of trouble separating actors that i know from other things sure if they're playing a character that's like very different than what i know them as yeah no i totally get that um that's a good point. The other the other thing that was kind of like really was them jumping into the whatever the pool that what you know was located. What sort of fountain outside of a <laughs> outside of a business is more than like three inches deep? Right. Like, I've never seen a fountain outside of a business building. Why is, is why is any man made <laughs> thing of water more than three inches deep if you're not going if it's not supposed to be swam in? You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no. It's just yeah no that's that was a hilarious. I thought about to that well. too. Well, there you go. There's some spoilers for Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Uh, Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, We'll catch you back next time. Lo, thank you. You're amazing, as always. Thanks for hanging out. I had lots of fun. Finding some time away from Dean, you know? So. Yeah. How was that? You doing okay? Do you need to go see Dean? You feeling a little nervous? I think, you know, I think he's okay. My husband's (laughs) been texting me because he knows that I would be freaking out if he wasn't. (laughs) Nice. Well, uh, thank you again for, you know, hanging out with us. We appreciate you. And uh, go give your baby a hug. It's been long enough. I will. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.